You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome, good morning, good afternoon to all of you out there. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, host for the next 30 minutes on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, a live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio. Uh, the, the key's there, live and call in. A couple of ways you can get a hold of us. First of all, you can always get us toll-free, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. You can also join us here live online, just Go to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio. You can scroll down under Shows, and you can then you'll see there's going to be a Google Hangouts. It'll say Join Us on Google Hangouts. It's a link. Click on the link, and then it will take you straight to us. So that will give you an opportunity to actually join us here live. And if you have any questions, anything that uh, you took your pet in this week and you weren't sure about what route to go, that's probably one of the, the most you know common second opinions I get. People will go to their veterinarian and will get a lot of information and they have some choices to make. And you know I think it's critical that your veterinarian works with you through the choices, the good, the bad, the expensive, the not so expensive, the ramifications of not doing or doing and really allowing you to make an informed decision. And that's one of the biggest problems is a lot of people make decisions that are not informed because they don't have enough information. Well, we're here to give you that information. So if there's anything that you're, you know, sort of hemming and hawing about, perfect case scenario, we've talked about this before, cats with hyperthyroidism. Client comes in and the cat is 17 years old, which is, admitted, it's old. But other than the hyperthyroidism, everything was normal on lab and x-ray. So the cat's pretty healthy for 17. So the cat's not doing well on the medication for hyperthyroidism, a medication that I am not a big fan of. For me, it's considered a Band-Aid. It's going to give you maybe some you know, protection against the effects of the hyperthyroid hormone, the T4, but it's really not going to solve the problem. And so in talking to her, and I asked her, I said, were you told about the radioactive iodine treatment? She was never even told. And it was like, I can't believe it because when the cat was diagnosed three years ago, and the cat was only 14, it would have been a perfect candidate. I mean, in my mind, a cat who's 17, and yet everything else is perfect except for the hyperthyroidism, I would still think radioactive iodine is the way to go. It's actually a cure. In 99% of the cases, it will actually just eliminate that portion of the thyroid gland responsible for the over-secretion, leaving the cat normal thyroid. No medication. It's not like a dog who's hypothyroid and you have to supplement. It's not like the cat in the old school before we had the radioactive iodine that we would have to go ahead and do a thyroid surgery, a removal, trying to preserve the parathyroid glands, which is very difficult to do. And those cats were rendered zero thyroid. So again, they needed supplementation. With the radioactive iodine, it is a cure. And this lady was never told about it. And that just irks me. You can't even believe. I don't like when veterinarians are making decisions for their clients based on what they feel the client would do. It's like a guess. They know from the past that the client is tight on finances sometimes, right? So they already made the decision for the client that the client's not going to spend the money to do a better thing. And that's not right. I think clients need to know everything because who knows? They're into some cash. Maybe a rich uncle just died and, and now they have some money. Whatever. You have to let the client make the decision. You out there need to make the decision. And your veterinarian's job 
is to give you all the options, what they cost, the good, the bad, the ugly, and allow you to make the choice. It's, it's for the same reason why I have my certain favorite doggy daycare places, my favorite dog walkers, my favorite trainers, but I don't just give one. I'll usually take my top three and put cards out or pamphlets. Why? Because if I only recommend one, and for some reason, whatever reason, personalities don't clash, it doesn't work, dog had a bad experience, right? It could happen. Who's the bad guy? I'm the bad guy because I that's who I recommended. No, I don't do that. I say, you know, these are some that my clients, note, my clients have liked. I've gotten good reports. So here, here's their cards. Here's their pamphlets. Call them. See which one you like and you make the decision. Now, the ball's not in my court. So um, anyway, I think uh, having said that, I'm just, that's why we're here. If you have any questions about your pet, join us live, 877-385-8882 on the phone. Or come in, um, join us on Google Hangouts. You can also send me an email. You can have us live right now to drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. So holidays are a common. We're like a week away. I realized as, you know, trying to do, as I said, I often go through some of the websites and I find good stuff in the news. And what I realized is that I'm doing a, a series coming up in January on Good Morning America. And um, I, one of the topics we're going to talk about is the assumption that many people out there over the holidays got a new puppy or a new kitten. And we've already talked about, I think I did last week, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the do's and don'ts about getting a puppy or a kitten or a dog or a cat as a present for someone else on the holidays. Basically, it's a don't uh, unless you are making the decision along with them and you know exactly what they want, not what you think they want. And do it like after, a little after the holidays, because you just don't want to, you know, you don't, you want to have the kids are going to be so interested in other things and all those new games and toys out there that they're going to be getting that you don't want the puppy or kitten to take a back seat. So wait until all that excitement kind of calms down, wears off, and then bring home that cute little monster. So anyway, and I realized so often I get so many questions about, Doc, what do I do? Just got a new this, you know, new puppy kitten what do I do? And I realized, oh my God, most people really just don't know. And even if you did know, because your dog who just hopefully is old as mine at 15 and a half, and when finally goes, you kind of forgot 15 years ago what, what you were supposed to be doing. And not only that, not only might you have forgotten, I would almost guarantee that what you did then is different now because things change. We learn more. I mean, gosh, I remember as a kid, my parents, my dad, who is a, you know, he's got his own cats right now. He's had dogs for his whole life. And yet I remember vividly that when there was the accident in the house and he would roll up the newspaper and he would drag the dog by the collar over to the poop sitting on the floor on the carpet or the pee sitting wherever it was and give him a little, you know, whack on the snout. No, that's a no. Okay. And now we know, oh my God, are we screwing up our dogs or what? Because that's just not the right way. So when you are hopefully thinking about getting a puppy or a kitten, we'll get through puppies first. And if we have time, we'll do kittens. Otherwise, we'll do it next time. Kittens are a little easier, truly. But puppies, because the house training issue, their willingness and desire to put everything into their mouths, they're very oral creatures. And in this, this also applies to any animal coming into the house that's new because, you know, one thing I say that, and just talking about this last night with some friends, that when you rescue a dog, which by the way, is a great thing to do, understand that very infrequently is that perfect dog there 
And the reason it had to be surrendered to a shelter, right? Notice I'm putting the keyword there, or to a rescue adoption agency, was because the perfect dog, they just had to give it up because of the kid's allergy. You hear it a lot. How true it is, I don't know. Or they had to move, something happened in the hardships in their life, and they had to move into a, a, a small one-to-bedroom apartment that doesn't allow pets. Yeah, that stuff could happen. But I will almost guarantee that most animals that end up in these places are because of some problem. Medical, behavioral, it was a problem. It wasn't the perfect dog. Because chances are, if it was the perfect dog, then it would have ended up in someone else's home who was a friend of this person. I mean, yes, it does happen, and I've seen it. But I've also seen the dogs that were having issues turn out to be the perfect dog in the right place. Case in point with one of my cats. Sadly, we had to put him to sleep a couple of years ago, but he was an amazing cat. He was the most stunning cat on the planet. I'm sure I have pictures on my website. His name was Zooey Zoolander, a magnificent marble bangle, a snowshoe marble. And the guy, the client, I took care of this cat when he was since he was a kitten. And he was just one of the most gorgeous cats I've ever seen. And he comes in one day and he says, Doc, I just need to let you know I'm taking him to the shelter because he's the worst cat I've ever had. And he's just not friendly, totally asocial. He bites when I try to pet him. He poops all over the place. And he's just, I mean, he's a good looking cat, but he is the worst. So I say, of course, you can't take him to the shelter. I'm going to take him. He goes, you don't want him, Doc. He's the worst. I'm telling you, you're going to hate him. I said, well, (laughs) I'm going to hate him, but I'm going to hate the best looking cat on the planet. So I took him. P.S. The best cat like ever. Um, never missed a litter box. Just totally got along with my other cats. It was like instant. He was just really a terrific cat. And sadly, he had a condition that some purebred cats have called renal aplasia. And we uh, sadly had to put him down. So anyway, uh, don't go away. We're going to uh, take our quick break here. And uh, again, I want to mention, that I want to thank our sponsors for letting us be here for you. Save This Life Microchip, More Than a Cone, Raising Awareness of, uh, of Animal Wellness and Animal Welfare Through the Arts. And of course, our new, one of my favorite is the Brevecto, a flea and tick treatment, oral, tasty, and it's good for three months. How cool is that? So don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks, so trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. Put a puppy under the Christmas tree. Wait. You read it, not feed it. It's the dog with the opposable thumb, an accidental love story. The fun new book by award-winning author, Mark Barkowitz. When an accidentally DNA-altered puppy is born with a thumb, his lovelorn grad student caretaker devises a strategy to achieve their Kardashian-like fame and fortune. It's funny, intelligent, and incredibly unique. And 20% of book sales benefit the Pasadena Humane Society and SPCA. The Dog with the Opposable Thumb is available now through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and MarkBark.org. Thumbs up to a howling fun book for the holidays. The Dog with the Opposable Thumb. Order yours now. On Tuesday, May 2nd, 2017, save the date for the 5th Annual NYC Retails and Sales Pet Product Expo. 
It'll be from 1 to 6 p.m. at Home Studios right in New York City. Plus, the presenting media sponsor is Pet Age Magazine. This event is a retail pet trade show brought to you by American Pet Professionals and Whitegate PR. It's an exclusive event for retailers and media. For more information, you can call Nancy Hassel at 631-446-1105 or myself, Dana Humphrey, at 619-414-9307. Plus, you can check out the website to learn more details at retailsandsalespetexpo.com. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff here on PetLifeRadio.com. Yes, that's with Dr. Jeff. And we're talking, bringing that new puppy or rescue into the house and how we used to do things so inappropriately back then. And today we've learned a lot more. And one of the things that we know is that like children, dogs do better with positive reward, positive reinforcement. And a lot of the fears and the behaviors they have are created by us by mishandling and poor training poor training techniques, et cetera, and not understanding the true innate essence behaviors of these dogs. So for example, if I were to ask a new puppy owner, what are the two behaviors that you find the most objectionable? And I can almost guarantee number one is going to be the bathroom mistakes and two are the chewing. What you have to understand is guess what? Chewing and bathroom are normal, natural, essential behaviors. So how could you possibly say no to a normal, natural, essential behavior. As I remind people that if this puppy were a two-legged infant, be wearing a diaper. But we don't have to. They go whenever they go. So we have to understand the mistakes are going to happen. We have to anticipate that they're going to happen. Therefore, when they do, it's all about expectation. So when they do, we just don't say a word because it's a natural behavior. What we try to do is use the puppy's own sensibilities and behaviors and conditioning to try to have them go in a place where we choose for them, and then we use positive reinforcement. So when you took that old-fashioned dog and struggled to the poop and stuck his nose into it and said, no, what is he thinking? Is he really thinking, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to go on the white Berber carpeting? Or is he thinking, oh, my God, I guess I'm not supposed to go at all? And that's what happens. So when you've reprimanded a dog for doing something natural, normal, and essential, and then you're outside with him, and you figure he can't, this poor dog has not been able to hold it in for more than a half hour, and here it is two hours outside, and you're saying, come on, Rover, go already, go. He's looking at you going, what are you, nuts? I'm not going in front of you yet. You hit me last time I went. So we are making a mistake. In fact, the most overused word in puppy dumb or rescue dog dumb or call it what you will is no. 
because most of the things, if you think about it, most of the behaviors that they're doing are not bad behaviors. They are poorly directed normal behaviors, either poorly directed to the object in the case of chewing, poorly directed to the location in the case of bathroom and elimination, but the behavior itself is normal, natural, essential. So our job is to be smarter than these puppies. I hopefully most of you can handle that. So for example, chewing, you know, they're going to chew. It's normal, naturally essential. So what couple of things we need to do. First of all, we need to eliminate or remove all of the things that we don't want it to chew on and remove them from his sight. Secondly, we want to allow him things to chew on. So we're going to give him things that are okay, are appropriate to chew on. And now instead of waiting for him to chew the wrong thing and punishing, let's force him almost to chew the right thing and give him tons of praise. Now we can go back and forth about this food rewards or not. I am an advocate of modified, of, of controlled food rewards. I think at the beginning, you should use food reward, you know, little treats. Dogs don't understand volume. So you can give something a fraction of what you thought you needed to give. And he will be equally as happy as if he got the bigger piece. Secondly, always couple the food reward with petting and hugging and good boy, good girl, that kind of thing. But pretty soon, you don't have to do the food anymore. Through operant conditioning, just the good boy, good girl is going to be enough. So again, if you want to argue that, that's okay. Talk to your trainers, whatever, whoever you work with, whatever, as long as it works, I'm okay with it. I find for myself that since dogs love, most dogs are food motivated, it really does get them to do the right thing initially. And then you work from there. As far as bathroom, dogs typically don't like to soil where they have to eat, drink, sleep, and play. So the whole idea of crating or penning is really a good idea. So what you'll do is you will take your new puppy and get a crate, get a a small pen and put their food and water in there, a bed in there, and that's their home. They don't like to soil their home and that's where they live. They do not get to live on the couch, in the den or the living room. They do not get to live in the kitchen. Not yet. At first, they have to live in their space. And having access to anywhere else in the house is a privilege. And what is the privilege? How is the privilege earned? By doing their business outside. So what I recommend is taking them out as frequently as you possibly can. This is not playtime. This is for business. And when they go outside and do their business, again, hugs and kisses, good boy, good boy, good girl, good girl. And then when you come back in the house this time, you give them 15, 20 minutes of playtime or contact time, bonding time with you on your space. So now they can be in the den because they just went to the bathroom. Hopefully they won't do it again. And also learn, learn your dog's behaviors, their pre-elimination behaviors. It could be starting to circle, especially in the case of, of uh, defecating. In case of urination, it might be some smelling and they, they're just all of a sudden start walking around and you come and see the squat. You don't want to say no because no means that's not a good thing to do and that's not true. So get their attention, get a whistle, clap your hands, get a, a penny can, something that will just get their attention. And then when, once you did, it stops that and baby, you scoop them up, run them outside, let them do their business outside. If they do, hopefully they will. Tons of praise, hugs and kisses, the whole thing. It's, it's fantastic that they did this. And again, they can come back and ask. Now, if you take them outside, you think they have to eliminate and they are not interested. They are smelling. They are sniffing. They are walking. They are running. They want to play. Give them 10 minutes. If they do nothing in 10 minutes, you come back in the house. You're not angry. You are not angry. You are not frustrated because they read that. You're going to just say everything's good. You bring them back in the house, but they go back in their enclosure, back in that crate, back in that pen, whatever it is. Give them another maybe 15, 20, and then try it again. What will happen is 
they're going to start noticing the difference between their life, their mobility around the house, their exposure to other parts of the house and to you between what when they did do something outside versus when they didn't. Now, what about using wee-wee pads and turf and things like that? Here's what I say. If your ultimate goal is to have them go on a wee-wee pad or on this turf or fake grass or whatever, then when they do it, you praise them. Otherwise, it's purely for your convenience and cleanup. So, for example, we have an area called the Wilshire Corridor here in West L.A. by Westwood, by UCLA. These magnificent, tall condos, they go for fortunes and fortunes, and they're huge. And a lot of people retire to these things. Well, you know, I mean, they're fancy. They got the doorman. It's, it's really nice. Well, you don't want to have to take your dog out 16 times a day. So what people do is they will actually take one of their, their balconies. They'll make it safe by using plexiglass or netting or something. And they actually train their dogs to go outside on wee pads or on turf on the balcony. Well, if you're going to do that, which is fine, that's when they get their praise, when they do exactly what you want them to do. If, however, you're using wee-wee pads just to give them a place to go so it's easier for you to clean up, don't praise them. Because then they think that wherever they say wee-wee pad, they're going to be allowed to poop or pee. And there's, it's not. You're actually training them to go outside. So it's a lot of positive reward. It is understanding that their nature is that they want to please you and yet they're going to chew, they're going to go defecate, they're going to go to the bathroom. And that's how you're going to get these dogs to be the best ever. Now, what about feeding? That's another tons of questions to get about feeding. What should I feed my puppy? The first thing I recommend feeding that which was being fed by the shelter, the rescue group, the breeder, whatever the case may be. Not to say you can't change, but you don't want any kind of abrupt changing. It's change enough that they're leaving wherever they were coming into a new environment, often with other pets, certainly with children, right? New people, there's enough stress already. You don't want to add more stress by immediately changing to a food that you want to feed because, first of all, you don't know if the pet's going to like it anyway. You don't know. Maybe the stuff that they're being fed is good. Why change? So what I always recommend is at least for the first several days, a week maybe, just let them eat what they've been eating. And for whatever reason, talk to your veterinarian, go onto the, the internet and get duped by some sites that are promoting certain foods. That's fine. Look at the real good sources. Talk to your veterinarian. Generally, if the food is AFCO certified, if the food is convenient for you, if the food is priced right for you, most importantly, does your pet like it? Do they have good poops? Do they have good shiny coat, right? If all those are answers, yes, then, then, then that's, that's a good food. For me to tell you or for anybody to tell you what the best food is, is insanity. Because I can't tell you even if for your own stuff, I can't tell you that the best ice cream is blank because you may not like it or you may like something better. And therefore, how can I possibly tell you what the best food for your dog is? I don't even know your dog. And, and it doesn't make a difference because my dogs even eat different things. I have six cats. I can't get them all to like the exact same thing. So every animal is different. So you have to appeal to their own taste, their own desires. So whatever you're going to do, if you're ever going to change, just do it gradually over you know, maybe a week by going like you know 80% of the old food and 20% new for a day or so, a couple of meals, then go maybe 60-40, then switch it to 40-60, then 20-80, and finally 100% of the new food. So give yourself time because you don't want to stress their system by doing it too fast. So training, understand the do's and don'ts, what's good, what isn't good. Feeding, uh, get them on a good schedule. Toys, understand one thing, that there are a lot of toys out there. Some toys are what we call interactive toys, 
And some toys are really good for them to chew on their own. You want to make sure that when to avoid a problem with separation anxiety, and often especially shelter pets have this problem because they've had such a lousy life usually to begin with, that now they're coming to this great loving home. They don't want you to leave. They're afraid what's going to happen when you leave. So many of these dogs will develop separation anxiety. So one of the things you really want to be careful of is if you are have toys that you play with them, let's say a tennis ball means fetch, a tug-of-war rope, something like that, when you're going to leave them alone, try to take those out of their sight. Because if they're doing great and they're sitting there chewing on the bone when you slip out the door, if they see that tug-of-war rope or if they see the tennis ball, immediately they're going to think of you, start looking around for you, Not you're not there. So we don't want to create more anxiety than they probably already have. So remember the two types of toys, those that they can chill out on their own and those that they play along with you. And when you leave, make sure that you remove those from their site. Only take them out when it's playtime with you. So there's some basics for you. If you have any questions or if you're anticipating getting a puppy, if you have already gotten one recently, if you young kids, older kids, whatever the case may be, and you have any questions about how to best solve some of the problems or to prevent some of the issues before they become problems, let me know. You can reach me here, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and or you can join us next time on our show on Google Hangouts, or always give me a toll-free call during the show, 877-385-8882. So once again, I want to thank our sponsors, Bravecto, 12-week protection fleas and ticks in a tasty oral treat, save this life, a microchip, and more than a cone, raising awareness of animal wellness through the arts. Thanks for joining me. Um, we have a great, great holiday. Um, not sure if we're going to be on live next week because of Christmas Day, um, but if we are, I'll be here. All right, have a great week, everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.